0: Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision. Life, culture and current events
1: from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about the lost art of the Christian wedding. It is marriage week this week, and so turning some attention to marriage, you might be surprised about how people get married today. The majority of marriage ceremonies today, four out of five, might be worth even pausing and thinking through what that might sound like to you, four out of five are performed by civil celebrants. In most Western nations, marriages have been traditionally performed in a church by a Christian minister or a priest. But preferences are changing. Our population has become more diverse. And the biggest change is the number of people having secular weddings. Perhaps that has something to do with the rise in the number of people who choose not to identify as religious. The other factor may be due to the change in marriage law allowing same-sex couples to marry. We're talking about marriage and the wedding ceremonies today and whether a Christian wedding has become a lost art. Kiralee Smith leads Binary and has been at the forefront of uh, of challenging that rampant campaign to degender Australian society and weddings are, in some sense, a part of all of that. Kiralee, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Kiralee, You've had your own wedding in your family just recently. One of your foster sons, Ty, got married. So uh, this is right at the heart of where you're at if we're talking weddings.
0: It is, and my other two foster children are about to get married as well (laughs) by the end of the year. So, we've got lots of weddings at the moment, and my husband and I are celebrating our 25th year of marriage coming up as well. So, it's all very good.
1: Well, congratulations on that. And, uh, you know, if I'm divulging my own personal details here, my wife and I are coming up to our 36th wedding anniversary. So, uh, there's a fair bit of, uh, you know, marriage in all of that. So, your marriage, my marriage, marriage. Uh, listeners might want to. Call in and contribute today as we get things underway. Hey, your foster son got married, and you take us into it, Kiralee, because it was a wonderfully Christian wedding.
0: It was magnificent, Neil. It was such a wonderful celebration. Um, Ty has married into a prominent Anglican family and uh, the marriage was held in a beautiful, historic Anglican church in Sydney. Um, Unfortunately, the grandfather was meant to, the bride's grandfather was meant to preach, but he was unwell. But one of his sons, her uh, her uncle, stepped in and uh, did the service um, and it was led by another Anglican minister, there were many of us involved, and what I loved about the service and what so many commented on is how Christ was the focus. He was central because um, it was about exalting him, lifting up his name. The songs were about Jesus. The Bible readings were about Jesus. The vows that tie and bride made to one another are about Jesus, and uh, it was just such a beautiful celebration and witness of, um, of really what is central to the gospel, and that is marriage.
1: Now, interesting as you're describing an Anglican church wedding and uh, given the events of the past few days, uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth, uh, now the accession to the throne of uh, King Charles III. And what we've been really, I think, privileged to be exposed to is all of the Christ-centric, God-centric ways uh, that these things happen under the uh, under the oversight of the Anglican Church. Now, uh, the Anglican Church are prominent, obviously, because we're talking today, uh, you know, a lot about the Queen and about King Charles. Uh, but there is a certain sense in which, any time you have a wedding in a church, a historic building, perhaps where there's references to God, you are, in fact, you know, having your own mini royal wedding. Did it feel like? Did it feel a bit like that with uh, with Ty's wedding?
2: Absolutely,
0: Neil, and uh, it is. You know, it's the the one day, isn't it, where everyone really goes to town in the frocks and the suits and uh, uh, just all the extras that go alongside that. And I think often we're very inspired by the royal weddings because, again, this is about royalty. The Bible, the gospel message, is very clear that as believers we to make ourselves ready as a bride for her bridegroom, and Jesus is our bridegroom, and so. Um, it is royalty. He's king. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. And so weddings have to have that central focus of royalty, of extravagance, of celebration, of beauty. And uh, I don't think there's anything more magnificent uh, when two people love each other and choose to marry one another, and to do it as a shadow of what is to come, um, as as the church and Jesus.
1: Isn't it fabulously interesting and insightful when you just pause for a few moments and reflect on uh, God, the bridegroom, and his church, the bride? Uh, These sorts of things, I mean, weddings are so prominent in the symbolism that we can pick up through the whole of the Scriptures. But if you lose that symbolism, you're losing something very, very valuable, aren't you?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, like I said, I believe that it's actually central to the Gospel. Adam and Eve... Um, you know, we're ordained by God um, in, in a beautiful um, marriage together right at the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible uh, that seals that thread is the church um, becoming the bride of Christ. And as you said, it's woven throughout all of the scriptures. It's all about us having an intimate, uh, beautiful safe, amazing uh, relationship with our, our Saviour and uh, no other religion um, focuses on a relationship like that. It's all about rules and regulations and duties, but the Christian um, has a relationship with Jesus and that relationship, I believe God has given us that gift of marriage. It's almost like an object lesson or a dress rehearsal, if you please, uh, for, for what what it's really about, being woven together as one, uh, creating families. Uh, It's the heart, the very heart of God. And so what an awesome reflection. And and it's so interesting to me, Neil, that so many people, regardless of their faith background, are drawn to weddings. You know, the royal weddings are televised and, you know, have some of the biggest viewerships of anything in the world. Then we also have um, things like Hollywood, who, um, you know, are very far from the Christian faith, but, always love to have a wedding or have people end up together in that lifelong commitment um, because it is the very heart of God
1: no doubt I think everyone listening to our conversation today Kirali, is uh, if the, if you've been married uh, whether it uh, was a successful marriage or a failure, Uh, whether you got married in your church or whether you got married on the beach or whether it was some sort of, you know, uh, strange setting that uh, just happened to be a little bit quirky at the time and you said, let's get married there. Everyone is thinking through all of this and what's important about a wedding ceremony and what actually sets up a marriage. But when you've got, as you've experienced with this latest wedding, uh, prayers being offered during the wedding ceremony, uh, readings from the Bible, songs about Jesus and a moving sermon uh, about sacred and beautiful things that are associated with marriage. Uh, No matter where you get married, if you miss those elements, uh, you're missing something very valuable.
0: Definitely, Neil. Um, You know, I loved... I loved every aspect of Ty's wedding and I uh, loved um, her, the bride's uncle as he preached. You know, he, His open declaration was that marriage is between one man and one woman and we know that that's been hijacked in our society at the moment uh, but it really lacks, when we take Christ out of marriage, um, it really is just a civil union. There's nothing more to it and it, it actually, I think, leaves a lot of people feeling quite... Uh, empty or quiet there's something lacking because Jesus is central and um, we you know so often at uh, weddings the the passage about two are better than one and the cord of three strands is not quickly broken because we know that it's not just about two people in a marriage it's uh it's three it's Jesus the groom and the bride and when we take Jesus out of it uh it's not as complete as what it could be.
1: Just uh, touching on something here that uh, we communicated ahead of our conversation today, Kiralee, uh, where you told me that the father of the bride commented after the wedding that if activists had their way, much of that service would have become illegal. Uh, What are your thoughts here for what we think of as the traditional Christian wedding and the way things are changing so quickly now in our society?
0: Yeah, well, that's right. And I know the father of the bride actually took an Anglican wedding service to his local MP um, and read through it and explained that, um, you know, if the activists get their way, um, they don't want us to be able to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. They don't want us to be able to adhere to the Holy Scriptures. They don't want us to be able to be exclusive in our declarations that marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, They want uh, truth speech to become hate speech and to be prosecuted as hate hate speech. And so much of what was said at Ty's wedding uh, really exemplified what the activists hate and what they would um, really want to penalise and prosecute uh, if they get their way. And so something as simple as foundational and as beautiful as marriage uh, could become a massive target, already has become a massive target, sorry, um, but, but but it's not far enough for some people and they want to uh, make sure that we can't proclaim Christ and his teachings uh, in a marriage ceremony. Culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
1: We are talking about the lost art of the Christian wedding. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Kiralee Smith. Kiralee leads Binary and one of her foster sons just recently got married and it was a wonderful Christian wedding. You might have your own Interaction or your own thoughts to offer. 1 800 316 316. Before we take any calls, uh, Kiralee, there's something really, really exciting and special about the Christian wedding, and that is the reflection on romance. A lot of people like to think somehow or other, you know, our Christian faith perhaps sounds a little bit staid or stale or outdated. But romance is really very much a part of the biblical narrative. It's very much a part of the sorts of relationships we have before God. Any thoughts here around romance?
2: I could talk all day
0: about romance, Neil. I love it. One of my favorite topics because I really believe, again, that it's central to the gospel. I believe that God has been romancing us since day one and that the Bible, when you read the scriptures through that lens of romance and how he's wooing his people constantly, uh, the length that Jesus went to... um, to to give his own life for his bride is incredible. There's nothing more romantic. And every Hollywood film, every story, every poem, every song that's ever been written is a poor reflection of the great romance and the true romance between God and His people and so marriage is a wonderful celebration of that romance it is, uh, like I said it's the dress rehearsal for the ultimate uh, romance, the ultimate wedding that is to come, the wedding feast that's described in uh, at the end of Revelation uh, so romance is core, it is absolutely core to our faith as Christians and uh, I would love to see us really um you know reclaim uh reclaim romance because it, it belongs to god it belongs to us as believers and uh it's a magnificent and wonderful thing and as i said too you know hollywood all of those things they they are constantly trying to recreate that romance but
2: usually fall short one eight hundred
1: three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to join in our conversation let's take a call from mike in tasmania hi mike welcome along. Uh, hi there, um, Mary and I were married in 2003. A, a very
0: Christian affair. We had communion. We had we were asked to confess our faith in
2: Jesus, whether he was Lord. And uh, you know, I was almost 48, and so the suddenness of God did come eventually.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, Mike. Uh, well, your thoughts, uh, Kiraly? Well, that's beautiful,
0: Mike. Um, congratulations and. Um uh, it, it's 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 just beautiful to
1: hear that testimony mike when you had communion at your wedding i know that uh, some christian weddings have communion as uh, some don't uh, but uh, what were your thoughts on on the value of having a communion service as part of your wedding any thoughts here uh mm, um well i look it's a long time ago yep, yep. <laughs> but i think
2: it's i think it's a it was a it was really good it's part of it's part of our christian witness that that jesus is our lord and and that we we are we are Christians because of the crucifixion and the resurrection mm-hmm.
1: Mike, it's funny, isn't it? Because when we have communion at a wedding ceremony, uh, sometimes the young couple who are getting married, their minds are on all sorts of other things anyway, but they don't necessarily always understand the importance, but... Oftentimes, the participate in that commu- participation in a communion service at a wedding is very meaningful for a lot of the other people who are in the congregation, who also mm. uh, got married with a Christian cer- ceremony and had communion in their uh, their experience. And so uh, they relive their own vows as you're taking your vows. Kiralee, what are your thoughts here for those sorts of symbolisms? Uh, the bride and groom, sometimes they're you know, just trying to keep a track of what's going on, but everyone else in the in the in the audience, in the congregation, they're appreciating some deeper symbolism, and powerful things are happening.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's I think that that's very much the case. That any married couple. Um who is attending a wedding uh, thinks back to their vows and uh, it, it strengthens the vows and the commitment to attend other people's weddings and to be a witness and an encouragement to the bride and groom who are standing before them on that day. And communion is a very beautiful, very intimate way of expressing uh, faith, as Mike said, and uh, also including others in that commitment, that it's um, it's a community Well, it's between the husband and wife. It is a community that we live in and it's a community that we need to uh, help encourage us and support us and... uh even direct us in our marriages. So it's a, it's a wonderful inclusion in
1: a Christian ceremony. Mike, thank you so much for your great contribution. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation today, we're talking about the lost art of the Christian wedding. Interestingly, romance, another word comes to mind, Kiralee, faithfulness, uh, these sorts of things come out in the Christian wedding where there is a reading of scripture, where there are prayers, where there is acknowledgement of God. Some want Something different. Uh, People will go to a wedding planner or they'll simply go to YouTube to find out what sort of creative, amazing ways they can do their wedding that is not like anybody else because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be our wedding. It's going to be unique. But the sameness of a wedding ceremony actually is the thing that builds community. Any thoughts here around keeping things in some ways a tradition?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Instagram and social media have got a lot to answer for, haven't they, when it comes to wanting to have a on-trend wedding. But, um, but that's right. I mean, one, there are definitely some legal aspects that need to be adhered to. And that, those legal aspects have taken belief from uh, the religious aspect that commitment, that lifelong commitment vowing to the exclusion of all others uh, doing it before witnesses that it's, uh, you know, in this country you have to give your 30 days notice that there needs to be some witnesses on that paperwork, so even at that very very basic level that every married person in Australia has to have it all takes its lead from uh, the religious aspect um, or the, the Christian aspect where where God is always about, the witness is always about, the death Declaration. He's about uh, vows and covenants even more than that. He covenanted with man, and uh, he invited us to covenant with one another in marriage. And it's, um, it's a very sacred covenant. And when uh, when that's compromised, there's grief um, for all uh, who are involved in that. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether someone's religious or not. There's great grief when the covenant is betrayed, and so um, it's a shame that today some of the aspects of the covenant are not. Uh, perhaps valued in the way that they should be but the uh, consequences of breaking that covenant certainly do hurt people very much.
1: Let's take another call one 316 316 Jerusha is in Perth hello Jerusha welcome along.
2: Hello how are you thank you
1: very good need to be fairly quick what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I 100% believe in a Christian wedding. I did get married at the age of 23 in the church. My husband and I had a Christian wedding and a Christian reception because nowadays after the wedding, you know, when people go for the after party, it's something else for everything. It was all, you know, based on the example of Jesus Christ and what we believe in. And I'm happy we did that because I believe that... Um, this generation that we're in at the moment is trying to, you know, divert our thoughts on Jesus. We're trying to please the world instead of pleasing God. And every day I thank God that, you know, I believe in him and I had a Christian wedding. And no matter what the situation is, I always go back to Jesus because he's the head of my home.
1: Jerusha, a wonderful insight. Kiralee, a thought or two for Jerusha?
2: Yeah, that's beautiful, Jerusha. Thank you
0: for sharing. And, uh, yeah, when we make Jesus the head of our home, it gives us such a, he's such a safe place, isn't he? And such a place to have confidence. And we can, um, know that, uh, when, when both husband and wife have taken those vows, uh, under under the protection of Jesus, then uh, we have confidence that we can love each other for better or for worse and through sickness and health and, and the other things. Um, it's not just based on feelings, but based on a promise to one another.
1: Kiralee, getting this part of our conversation right, let's start with a bit of a foundation because marriage is something that we understand as Christians that goes right back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, and uh, Jesus himself defines that relationship between Adam and Eve as marriage, where the two become one flesh. How do you understand uh, all of those fabulous foundations that we have as Christian believers, understanding what marriage is?
0: I think it's absolutely beautiful, and I think it's essential that not only do we understand what marriage is, but that we honour marriage. And, you know, the Apostle Paul talks a lot about honouring marriage as well, and so marriage is um, it's, it's not a sideline issue, it's not something on the periphery of our Christian faith, it is central to our faith and it's something that uh, we really need to understand and take very, very seriously because there's not just a lost art of the wedding ceremony or the Christian wedding but the lost art of marriage and I think if we could reclaim that, uh, that would be a really good thing.
1: We are taking calls one 316 three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Kay is in Gilgandra in New South Wales. Hi, Kay. Welcome along.
2: Hi, Hi I'm Kay. really enjoying the. I'm really enjoying the program. Good. And um, we were married fifty six years ago. Wow. In a church. And my father had four daughters, and he gave the ladies' group. Uh, probably a hundred dollars or something in those days, and they put on a beautiful um, morning tea luncheon after the service. And I think a problem today I find with a lot of the young people they they think a wedding is too expensive. They're thinking they have to save up twenty thousand dollars, you know. And I think we could maybe set up some thing that that there's some some wedding dresses that people can use um reuse that that churches can maybe put on a morning tea after the service and and ways to make it easy for the young people to have a church wedding
1: Kay, you're raising some amazing points in all of that and i'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are saying "Oh, i wish it was just hundred dollars today to get married." but <laughs> uh but kiralee some really good points that kay is raising what are your thoughts
0: Oh, I think you're absolutely right, Kay. And after 56 years of marriage, I think you have authority to speak about this issue. Um, and, you know, look, I do hear about a lot of churches that do exactly what you're saying. They'll put on lovely morning or afternoon teas, um, and really support the young couple. And uh, the, the issue, as you said, is a lot of couples today, though, are only focused on their wedding day and they're not focused on their marriage. So much experience so much effort, so much energy goes into the one day but you can't be married for 56 years according to one day you had to invest for day after day after day after that for 56 years and so I think it's really important um, that churches really come alongside and support their young people um, and do exactly what you said Kay, There's, there's fabulous ways to put on a wedding that doesn't cost or you know have the same expense as a, as a deposit on a house.
1: Kay, while That's I've right. got you here, just to include you yes. in this part of the conversation here because you shared some fabulous things. When the church uh, people, and I think you said the church ladies, and talking 56 years ago, uh, probably was yes. mainly the church ladies who were going to be uh, putting on that uh, that the food for the wedding breakfast afterwards. Yes. But when there is a contribution from the church community, you have that, Uh, that word community becomes alive because now the church family is invested in that wedding and there is some extra strength to that marriage succeeding. You're obviously a a, a bit of fruit of that.
2: Yes. And in the last 20 years, my husband and I have, he's a a retired pastor, we have put on weddings and it's only been $500. You know, and we've we've out chickens to the ladies in the church and recipes and <laughs> I always did the ten Pavlovas. And you know, we've had beautiful weddings and wedding receptions and someone has loaned them a dress from another town and it's been equally as beautiful as a ten thousand dollar wedding.
1: Wonderful stuff, Kay. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, when yes. you can do things less expensively and uh, the focus becomes on the building of the community of, of people who are participating in the wedding. And you know what? The fun of a wedding doesn't always come on how much money you've paid for that wedding reception. Lee, a final thought for Kay?
2: Yes, Kay. I'll say
0: too. Um, you know, we we hosted we hosted a wedding here on our property a couple of years ago, and uh, it was so magnificent for the community of men and women to come together to set everything up, to hang the lights, set the tables, uh, do all the you know. Um, it wasn't the main catering, but there was a lot of catering around it, and it was such a community building effort. for Weeks and days leading up to the event, the event itself was magnificent, the next day everybody cleaning up and it, it, uh, it really built a sense of community around the bride and groom that still exists to this day several years later.
1: Kay, thank you so much for your call. Our talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. Kirale, I want to take you back to some really important Bible scripture and thinking of the chapter in Ephesians chapter 5, and that's a chapter where Paul, the apostle, talks about marriage, uh, not just the wedding, but about marriage and uh, the roles of a husband and of a wife. This is a really important passage, isn't it?
0: It's extremely important, Neil, and I think it's something that gets glossed over and forgotten uh, too often, and, uh, and it is absolutely and utterly rejected and opposed by secular society, so it's something that we really need to dig in and fight hard for, I believe, and it's such a beautiful passage that talks about husbands loving their wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And at the end of that passage, it talks about, and and wives, respect your husbands. And it's a simple formula, not necessarily easy to carry out day by day, um, but we're given a lifetime to practice it and to, uh, to get it right. Um, but, you know, if we really encouraged our husbands to love their wives as the church sorry, as Christ does the church, um, to to be self-sacrificing, to ensure that he's building his wife up so that she's spotless and blameless and he can present her to Jesus. Um, If the wife can not just respect her husband when he deserves it or when she thinks he deserves it, but actually respect her husband and allow him to have that position uh, in the the marriage, then... um, I know for me that every marriage I look up to, that's what that husband and wife will exemplify to me. They're the long-lasting, the successful marriages. They're not perfect. They're not the ones that um, you know, that have the, have a sheen or an appearance or an Instagrammable marriage even so, um, but it's a marriage that's deep and rich and committed. And there's such confidence for husbands and wives. I know that my confidence, my security in my husband is that he loves Jesus more than he loves me. And that he takes his role very, very, very seriously. And, you know, therefore I can respect him and I can love him and I can be those things to him because of Jesus being at the the center and the head uh, of our marriage. We know that television shows, Hollywood again, all of those sort of things actively work against this principle. So often the male lead characters in films and in stories are weak. They're um, trodden all over. They're emasculated. They're um, they're the butt of all the jokes. And you know there's this feminist thread through so many of those stories, and it really is in direct opposition to what a successful godly marriage looks like.
1: You know there 's uh, those contentious things too that come from uh, from the Bible, uh, the words that you might have in wedding vows, uh, one of those words obey and uh, just reflecting here for a few moments because given that we 've got the new uh, King Charles the uh, Third just taken his rightful place as uh, on the throne, uh, but in his first marriage. uh, Going back to when Lady Diana Spencer married Prince Charles back in 1981, she caused uh, quite the scandal by changing her vows. And up until then, all royal brides, even Queen Elizabeth, swore to love, cherish and obey their husbands, whilst the men promised to love and cherish till death do us part. But when it came to Diana's vows, she chose to omit the word obey, a a move that uh, has heralded something of a feminist choice ever since. Now, let's not get into a big argument uh, over the word obey, except to say that when you have uh, scandalous leaving out one of the traditional words, it has an effect on future generations. And she did have an effect on future generations. A comment or two here, Kiralee?
0: Yeah, well, and I think that actually causes the contention, Neil. Um, I I agree. And it's it's, uh, it's very sad because, again, if husbands are loving their wives as Christ loves the church, there is no issue in obeying Christ or your husbands because that's the safest place for a wife and her children to be is uh, being looked after by a husband who will give his own life for her. And so I think that the feminist movement and uh, celebrities who... Uh, resist god 's way do um, that 's where the contention comes in because there is no contention if we do it god 's way but uh, that that 's ultimately what it comes down to
1: and oftentimes i 'll come back to Ephesians chapter five, which is about submitting to one another so it 's not submission of one to the other but it is sub- submission of one of each of those uh, partners in the marriage uh, to be submitted equally to one another. And, of course, uh, there's those uh, embellished roles that you can read about in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's take another call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Reuben is in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Reuben. Welcome. Yeah, g'day. How are you doing? Very well, Reuben. Um, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to agree with what one of the previous people was um, talking about as far as marriage is being so expensive these days. And I know I've had a lot of friends, um, you know, I've spent $20,000, that sort of thing, and they say, oh, I've got to save up for three or four years before we can get married. And um, what we've said to friends in the in the past who have wanted to get married, we had a friend on the Gold Coast and we said, you know, uh, yeah, you don't have the money to get married, why don't you pick somewhere like a surf club or wherever you want to have your reception, and ask your guests instead of giving a present if they can just pay for their own meal. And the first thing they sort of said was, "Oh no, this such and such will get angry, or this one will get angry." Well, my answer to that was, you know, your real friends won't get won't won't be upset with that. They're going to be just happy. You can you can invite more people along to your wedding, that sort of thing. Anyway, they went and did that. Within the next few months, they were married, had a great wedding and uh, reception. And they didn't go into a marriage with a twenty thousand dollar bill, and uh, and I just think that's you know something you don't want those sort of stresses on a on a young marriage.
1: Well, organisations that have wedding uh, wedding uh, celebrations as their business, uh, they've got a marketing plan, haven't they? And they want everyone to have a sort of sort of sort of sense of one-upmanship and doing one better and spending a lot more money on your wedding. A hey, Quick thought or two from uh, Kira Lee for Ruben.
0: Yeah, I love that idea, Ruben. That's fantastic. And again, it's about the community um, taking responsibility. And like you said, everyone has a great time. And those that don't are not really in it for to invest in the bride and groom and their marriage. Um, a wedding day is one day. It's fabulous. It's a wonderful celebration. And it ought to be... Um, extravagant but extravagant doesn't necessarily mean a massive price tag because there's all things that our communities can do to uh, you know contribute and uh, invest in the bride and groom and I think that uh, that's that's a beautiful way to demonstrate your love and commitment to the bride and groom and to their marriage.
1: Ruben thank you so much for your call one 316 we're talking about the lost art of the Christian wedding let's hear from Mary in Perth in WA hi Mary.
0: Hello, how are you?
1: Very well. What are your thoughts, Mary?
0: I'm just wondering um, whether the position of the wife in the family changes at all, if the husband isn't a Christian or if he isn't putting God first in his life.
1: Well, that's uh, that takes us into a whole different dimension here too. And uh, your thoughts here, Kiralee, when you've got, you know, the Bible sometimes makes that sort of reference to an unequal yoke. Uh, there's one who's a believer and one who's not. Uh, what are your thoughts for Mary? Well, the
0: short answer is yes, it does make a difference. But uh, also the the answer is, you know, as a believer, um, the Bible is very instructive on how we are to behave and um, especially to pray for our husbands and to to still respect them. I don't think that that uh, is negated in any way, shape or form, but it is a, it's a complicated thing. And as you said, Neil, that would be a much longer conversation. Um, it does change things, but it doesn't have to change things in the sense of uh, our commitment our, to those vows, our commitment to Christ and uh, our desire to love our, our husband as Christ loves the church, as the church loves Jesus.
1: Mary, did you have something more to add to that thought?
0: No, that's great.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary. You know what it brings us back to, doesn't it? Uh, The changing ways that we meet. Uh, A lot of people meet in online uh, dating sites. Uh, The way we meet, the way we fall in love, the way we think about marrying, because there's been huge changes over recent years, Kiralee, and I know you've been at the forefront of this sort of thing, uh, this sort of idea of... uh, you know uh, love whoever you want to uh these sorts of things start from our childhood and the culture that's built up and even the christian wedding celebration uh, actually uh sheds a lot of light on on how we're shaped uh, for the future good of a whole society a thought or two here around the changing ways we meet and fall in love uh well
0: yeah i mean that's that's definitely um uh, an aspect of it neil and i you know I, I know people who have have met online and have you know beautiful, fulfilling um, marriages uh, and all the rest of it. I think what it comes down to though is we've redefined the word marriage and so therefore we redefine what we think marriage is about, and that's where a lot of the complications and the difficulties are coming in because once upon a time, um, even before I guess divorce was legalised in this country, communities would work a lot harder. Uh, to help husbands and wives and to support them and to um, uphold the the true honour that marriage deserves. And now uh, it's become more self-seeking, more self-centred, more Instagrammable. You know, what is it going to look like and appear to others? And uh, that that sacredness and the value is not placed on marriage as it once was. And so redefining those terms has actually redefined the whole institution for many people, but it's uh, leaving a lot of people lacking.
1: Of course, teenagers and going into those young adult years are very influenced by social media. And there's something of a responsibility on parents, certainly a responsibility on people who lead in the church, but to be able to help shape our younger people in what the Christian wedding affirms. Because ultimately, if you get a Christian wedding right, while that's not everything, it does create a foundation because it reinforces a nation's values around family. Because right at the moment, those sorts of values around family are almost in tatters. A thought or two, Kira Lee, on, on what sort of practical things. You might do to maybe reinforce uh, what the Christian wedding affirms.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Neil. And again, I think it, it comes back to the, the church, the, the you know the sense of believers coming together and really understanding and valuing that this is a central core meaning to our whole entire life. You know, we, we often ask, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? Well, the purpose as a believer is to make ourselves ready as a bride for his return. And so if we can capture that, recapture that, and really understand the beauty, the wonder, the mystery of marriage, uh, the celebration and the honor that it deserves, I think that we can put on weddings, Christian weddings, that make other people jealous because we've got something truly wonderful and amazing to celebrate and we ought to celebrate with all our might. And so we can invest into those Christian uh, weddings and then marriages uh, in a way that really uh, is a beacon for the rest of society to see true fulfilment, true celebration, uh, and and the safest place for the family
1: unit. Well, you've given a really big challenge there, and no doubt there'll be some listeners who have got their own minds now going into overdrive about how they might do that. But to make a Christian wedding celebration... Uh, that will make others jealous of what they would be missing if they didn't have a a wedding that had a real God focus, Christ focus in the centre. And how do you make that super exciting? Uh, How do you maintain the traditions and also blend in what might bring that sort of excitement to a wedding ceremony and to a wedding celebration, the wedding breakfast, Uh, those sorts of things be a, a real challenge And for those who are thinking through those issues, uh, get creative. Uh, Let me know uh, what sort of things you do if you've got a great wedding that you're planning and uh, love to do some more on this sort of topic into the future. Hey, time is running out, Kiralee. Um, Your organization, Binary, uh, we, we didn't know that this would be in a time when we're reflecting on royal things, including royal weddings that have happened over now over many, many decades. Uh, but uh, binary is right there in the middle of a battle against the degendering of Australian society just take us into, uh, Kiralee, the thought around how you might be thinking about weddings that are coming. Maybe you can't undo things from the past if you think you've made mistakes, but those things that are for the future, or even a rededication of your marriage, uh, taking your vows afresh. Maybe people have gone through a civil celebration all of a sudden thinking, well, maybe we need to have a Christian vow celebration as well. I'm sure there's all sorts of potential for things like that to happen. And your thoughts for the future Kiralee because the degendering of Australian society has brought dynamic change somehow or other you've got to think about turning things around
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely, Neil. And uh, again, I'm all about celebration. I'm all about partying. I'm all about honouring. And I think that uh, if we can do that with our marriages, whether, you know, we're preparing for marriage, we've been married very recently or married a very long time, really honouring marriage and exalting it and upholding it as something that is something to be cherished, something to be honoured, something to be celebrated. Um, in the way that husbands and wives treat in, each other, in you know the uh, emphasis that we can put on the wedding day but also on our anniversaries, um, our families and the way we talk to one another uh, about our spouses and about husbands and wives. I think that we need to um, challenge the culture that diminishes uh, that value and uh, be different, be a light shining in the darkness and I think that we can do that because it's such a beautiful and wondrous thing to do and again, it's it's core, it's central to the gospel um, that we are in that relationship with Jesus. So um, it's, it's quite simple, not necessarily easy, but quite simple. And if we stick to those things, I think that Well, I know my personal testimony is the reflection of that in my life is the amount of comments that my husband and I get on the way we love each other, honor each other, enjoy one another and celebrate one another and the way we celebrate other people who are um, married or moving into that marriage phase. So uh, it can be done. It is being done and it's a wonderful thing.
1: Kiralee Smith, wonderful thoughts today. I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share those and uh, for listeners who want to connect with Kiralee. And you'll know from earlier conversations, Kiralee is right there in the middle of a significant battle that's going on for the future of Australia. Uh, This degendering of Australian society has major ramifications. Uh, How do you make things right in your own thinking, Uh, participate in some campaigns that are about uh, bringing that Christ-centeredness back into uh, institutions like marriage? Well, to connect with Kiralee, you can visit binary.org.au. Already more than 60,000 email subscribers to Binary and uh, you might become one of those when you visit the website binary.org.au Kiralee Smith leads Binary. Kiralee, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and heart with us today on 2020.
0: Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
2: To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.